Hey guys, I got a surprise for you. This month we got a sponsor. Really? <gasps> That's right. This episode is sponsored by the bookworms over at Caffeine and Legends. With Caffeine and Legends, you will receive a new fantasy book along with your choice of coffee or tea every month. February's theme is Beasts and Blades. Click the link in the description to sign up today. Use the code FBOM10 to get 10% off your first order. That is F-B-O-M-10. Check out their website, caffeineandlegends.com, to get involved in a fun, interactive community of book lovers. Welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we are a bunch of loud, chattering people who talk about books that we've read over the last month or so. Um, <laughs> my name is Peter Schaefer, uh, and with me here are uh, Katie. That's me. Dan Evanson. Hello. Nick Evangelista. Howdy, howdy. And Rachel. Hi. And uh, this month, our theme for the books that we've read and just for general chit-chattery is nostalgia. I think things that we've uh, we remember from our youth, which for some of us is much nearer than for others. <laughs> Apparently, I used to read books to the children that Peter bought for his children. So, eh. I, mean, I mean, to be fair, if they were successful enough that you bought them, or sorry, that they were given to you as a child, uh, they may... Maybe they just stayed in print for when I got them for kids. That's true. Yeah, I hope so. Which was about five years ago. Okay, <laughs> I am not six years old. <laughs> Confirmation required. I would uh, like to point out that I did go to a bookstore and the book that I read for this month was still in print there. I don't know if my books are still in print. I think they are. I'm pretty sure one of the group of books that I read is no longer in print. Uh, the ones that I retrieved from my parents' house uh, were p printed in 1990, um, uh, which sounds a lot farther ago than I remember when I read it. And uh, Hey, Peter. And, yes, Katie. That was 30 years ago. Your mama was 30 years ago. <laughs> I wasn't born. <laughs> Looking them up just a half hour ago, I found that they were reprinted in, in the year 2000. <laughs> They're the worst. And maybe not since. The far future of the year 2000? That's right. The distant future. <laughs> so uh, my book was printed in like 2000. It was first printed in 2006. <laughs> oh. uh, mine was 2003, so not too far off, Rachel. Yeah, now you guys are making me curious. Mine was like 1950. <laughs> well, that's a classic. One of one of the groups of books that I read was first printed in 1963, but that's that's not the other one that was not that one. That made sense. Oh, okay. So my first one came out in 1999. So it it it, it was pre. That's the year that we all party like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't party. <laughs> Okay. Regardless, <laughs> that's how we party. Put that on the Wikipedia page. Those of us who have fun party like that year. <laughs> I read. I spent all of Sunday reading. That's fair. That's a party. Yeah, it's, it's a party a, one. It's a party in your mind. We support book parties here. Fantasy <laughs> Book of the Month podcast. Admittedly, it was Cursor's Fury, and I love that book. And I read. Oh, that is a good book. Yeah. And there's like six. I read all 670 pages in one day. I haven't done 
that in a while. Rachel, you party hard. <laughs> I don't have that kind of stamina anymore to read a whole book in a day. Admittedly, it was on a Sunday and I was getting antsy. And the only reason, way I could calm myself down was to read uh, that because there's so much action in that book. There is. It is a full book. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's his name? Jim Butcher. Yes. For Cursor's Fury, second book in the series. Third. Uh, third? No. It's the third. No. <laughs> His first book is Fight Furies of Calderon. The second book is oh, Acad- <laughs> Academ's Fury. You're right. Yes. I was I was thinking of Academ's Fury. Um, yes. But Cursor's Fury takes uh, Academ's Fury and puts uh, it in a war setting against the big dog creatures that are awesome. Yes. That, that's the that's one of the funny things that I that I remember about those books is that each one, apart from the first, each book is titled with whatever it is the main character starts out as and he doesn't end there. It's like we're going to name each book after the thing that he the the status he achieved at the la- after the last book and he's going to transcend it before the book is over. Arguably, except for the last book. Yes. Well, there was nowhere left to go. <laughs> right. He could ascend into a god. I don't think that was an option. Eh, this isn't progress. This isn't uh, progress in fantasy or cultivation. No. <laughs> yeah, because Cursor's Fury and Captain's Furies, I think, were my favorites of the series because it d- dug with the Cayman and the Cayman are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Um. Anyways, hey Dan, do you have anything that you're nostalgic for? <laughs> Let me tell you guys about the 1994 Saturday morning cartoon show Gargoyles. Tell us more, Dan. I will in the new podcast from TonyThoughtsMedia.com. Nostalgia Plus. What's that, Dan? Available right here on the internet. <laughs> A new podcast, Nostalgia Plus. Where could we hear more about this? At Nostalgia.plus. The website I bought, the domain that I purchased with money. <laughs> So, Dad, who's in it? All your favorite characters from the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. Peter, Nick, Rachel, Katie, and Dan. We, we are characters. They we? have fun adventures in the world of 1994 Saturday morning cartoon show Gargoyles. I do not like this implication that I am not a real human being. You're not, Nick. Well, I want to point this out. I am not a character. I am a person with thoughts and feelings and emotions that you use to channel your character <laughs> god damn it we're all just playing D. that's excellent dialogue good work nick <laughs> think the experience for nick nick levels up yes yeah, so we have a new show uh, you're bad people <laughs> And it's pretty great. We record a bunch of episodes and uh, we're going to try to do bi-weekly. And it's about uh, old, old things that we liked that we're going to have be talking about. Mostly TV, movies, not books. We have Mostly a whole things other... that we can get now that Disney Plus is out and we can watch yes. all of their old archives. Things yeah. like, like you said, the Gargoyles show from the 90s. The old, was it James and the Giant Peach animated film? God, uh, that movie's weird. <laughs> it is really weird. I'm hoping that we can watch uh, the old 1970s uh, Pete's Dragon. Absolutely. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And then it'll be my turn and we'll watch newer things. I'm hoping we watch Kim Possible. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all it's all available. We have a, our cast is multi generational, so we can pull from everyone's nostalgia. So. Is it multi generational? Aren't we all one? I guess we're maybe one and a half cohorts. I'm a Gen X person. Uh, Gen Z question mark. Yeah, I think we do get. I think Rachel counts as the the new one, and Nick is. I am right on the cusp. Of, yeah, right on the board of millennial and whatever the third thing is. Yeah, Gen Z. I, I uh, think I qualify as a zenial. Yeah, I think. No, yeah, me and, you don't. There's no transition generations. That's it's cheating. a, it's a micro generation. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and, me and Nick are in the weird like zone that are not millennials but not Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. I would just say you're you're the one after your parents. Uh, my parents? No, that wouldn't make sense. My parents are uh, Gen X. Yeah. Okay. Well, then no. Yeah. So, but you're not a millennial. You're a Gen Z person. Nah, Apparently, know. I'm a bunch of idiot scientists. No, probably not even scientists. They're not. They only well, social have... scientists are scientists. What are these scientists? They're just like pouring beakers back into each other. Just like <laughs> <laughs> they say, we've discovered a new generation. <laughs> That's right. The only official generation is baby boomers. What about the silent generation? Or the greatest generation. Is that us right now? Or the greatest? worst generation. No, that was like 80 years ago. <laughs> imagine if there's just one generation, they're like, hey, this is the worst generation of people we've ever had. They are terrible. I think it's a plot line from One Piece. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not, we, not a lot of respect here for the pirate anime. Okay. Okay, you'd have to get you would have to get Grayson on here for that. Well, I guess we're oh, going to okay. have a well, guest star. Coming in 2021. <laughs> Me and Grayson talking about anime in the new podcast on TooManyThoughtsMedia.com. Hey, I like anime. I just don't like One Piece. No, I'm sorry. It's just me and Grayson, boys only. <laughs> or people who like One Piece only. Wait, I don't actually know what Grayson, who Grayson is, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is he. Okay. He, he be he. Um. He be jeebies? He be he baby? Heebie-jeebies. I like that. What about the baby? <laughs> if creepers. you guys can't tell, it's very late. <laughs> and we're just not really in our professional state Are you kidding? Mind. This is top-notch professionalism right here, guys. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> this is the wittiest our banter has ever been. I gotta get up at six, guys. <laughs> How many hours is that, Rachel? Until six. Um... Like eight? <laughs> yeah, like eight. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about books. Do we? Do we talk about books? You know, in, in talking about nostalgia, um, Uh-oh. What, what, do you, what is like the first book you guys remember <laughs> reading that got you interested in reading? Uh, cat Wings. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Is that a book? <laughs> yeah, yeah Cat Wings. So I have. I think it's uh, Ursula K. Le Guin. Might be. Sounds I don't right. know. I don't know. I remember it. So I've told this story on the podcast before, but it was the very end of the podcast. So the the book that got me into school was the um, uh, the mix up files of Miss Basilie Frankwater. Oh, I love that. Yes. And when I was uh, like four years old, and my my mom's like, "Eh, let's just hold her back before you know kindergarten and stuff." But I walked up, I'm like, "Mom, what's the Italian Renaissance?" <laughs> <laughs> So, you said cat wings. 
Yeah, cat wings. What is this about? It's about cats with wings. Come on, Nick. Boom. <laughs> no, it's about okay, well. little cats. You know, some of them are born with wings, and then they go off on adventures. There's like three books, I want to say. Four. Dude, they will Four. green light anything. Holy crap. What do you mean? <laughs> I think Kayla Gwynn is kind of a big deal. So yeah. She, yeah. she gets to write books about cats with wings, I guess, if she wants to. Uh, it it was amazing for my childhood, so. I highly suggest Google image searching just cat wings because uh, you just get some great stuff. There's just the Internet is a wonderful place. You mentioned cats and then the only, I immediately go to the craze of my childhood. That was Warriors. <laughs> And oh god, and I'm so glad I didn't get into that series. There's so many books. <laughs> There's like a dozen series that have like seven books each. There's so many. What is Warriors? I don't. I'm not. That's after my time, I guess. It's about feral cats that form clans. I don't know. I've never read them. I just know they're like, uh, and they are, you like follow the po- point of view of cats. So it's cool. the movie. It's the movie Cats, is what you're explaining to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, we're just trying to keep it topical, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who? What else have you guys read that like inspired you to actually start reading as a kid? I I can't remember a time when I I wasn't a reader. I uh, so I, I don't even know what I started with. I could, I could say what I think. I think the first things that I read. No, I don't even know that. Um, I have an early memory of reading. Uh, Shoot, what was it? Uh, Swiss Family Robinson? I I read the, the all the original. What's it? Uh, Boxcar Children books. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. my uncle, who is not very very much older than me, but he um he read all of those, and we had like a whole few boxes of them in my house. Yeah, there are. I mean, there are tons of them, but mm-hmm. the original author only wrote nineteen, and I read all all of those. Oh, wow. I think I read one because my school forced me to. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, But those are, I don't know, those are some of the earlier things that I remember reading. I don't know. I read a lot of Gordon Corman. Um, Yeah, my dad filled our house with all kinds of sci-fi and fantasy books. So, like, I remember reading The Hobbit front to back like a million Mm -hmm. times and... Uh, he had old Tom Swift books from the fifties that I hmm. read and then they released new ones in like, I think 87 or 88. And, uh, I started reading all those. And I think I still have those somewhere. Mm. Uh, I, I talked about like when I was a little kid about, uh, Miss Basil Frank Waller, but I, f- the moment I really, I want to credit my fourth grade teacher, Miss Williams, because she made me read hatchet, which really oh, sparked hatchet. Yeah, because I had a really hard time reading like actual reading books instead of like um, uh, like audiobooks or my mom reading to me as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yay. Um, So but I read Hatchet, which sparked my love for Gary Paulson books, which like made me uh, branch out for that Um, and eventually had me reading uh, Harry Potter in the door of the guest room because that's where the light from the hallway went. <laughs> wow. Anything to get your fix. That's a neat memory, though. Mm-hmm, it is. Yeah. Yes. So uh, thank you, Miss, Mrs. Williams, for making me read Hatchet. <laughs> thank you, Mrs. Williams. Shout out to Mrs. Williams. <laughs> 
Yeah. And also, I have a memory of Nick's book of walking into a pole because I was reading it. (laughs) (laughs) That's very bad. (laughs) I was walking out of the bookstore and I was reading it and I walked into a pole. pole. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, th- that that book, the one you're talking about, you're, the one I read this month, um, was the first book series I distinctly remember being like obsessed with as a kid, which is a series of unfortunate events. Uh, Ironically. So. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, what? <laughs> I was going to say, I've only read the first three, book eight, nine, and then 12 and 13. Yeah, that oh. what? I mean, you could <laughs> technically. So, not quite a series of unfortunate events. A series of kind of unconnected, unfortunate Wouldn't you events. call them non sequiturs then? Non sequential, <laughs> unfortunate events. I, I distinctly remember this because the hospital book freaked me out a lot, and that's how I learned what an anagram was and what stiletto, uh, and stiletto heels were. That's also uh, how I learned what an anagram was. <laughs> I distinctly remember running into my mom's room and telling her that I figured out this guy's name was um, a different character's name unscrambled before the book told me that was the case. It was uh, Violet. Was so proud. It was Violet. Yeah. They were looking for Violet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, way to just spoil it there, Rachel. There's a, there's a Netflix TV <laughs> show out. Are we worried about spoiling a series <laughs> of unfortunate <laughs> events? I'm not, no. Oh my god. The Netflix TV show is really good, though. Oh, I didn't like Super it. Good. Oh. Everyone's it just was... so wooden. Eh. That's sort of the 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 oeuvre of the show of the of the whole series, right? It's like it's like the everyone's sad and mopey. The adults are really like one dimensional because that's that um their vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all one-dimensional, aren't they? Right? Immediately, the kids each have their one superpower: inventing something, or words, or Teeth, baby. Uh, biting things. Yeah. Should, yeah. should I just kick off with this book? Cause yeah, let's get yeah. Dig in. Dig in. Because that's, I mean, that is a good point with the show. It is sort of one dimensional in a way. And I tried watching the show and I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but I, I just, it didn't captivate me the same way. And I've, from reading it again, I've realized the charm of the series is really the the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, char- voice, character the voice of the author. And yeah, like, uh, but he also he inserts himself as a character in the story, and yes. the the wit behind his writing. Even as a kid, it was actually what I think captivated me the most because it was funny, and hmm. the story is so sad the whole time, or it's supposed to be so sad the whole time. But it's it's honestly hilarious because of. <laughs> You know, every 10 seconds, he's writing a word and then telling you the definition of the word in a very specific sense. So, like, um, he'd be like, yeah, the children, the children were sad. In this uh, situation, sad meant very, very, very unhappy. Like, right. and he would just insert that in there as if he didn't know what sad meant. Or, or, or the book might, it might use the word morose and then, and then explain that in a right. way entirely, uh, specific to that scenario that's right that makes sense or, i remember or that. even more funny where he would um use something that you understand very clearly and say and then explain mm. it by using some a word that you've never heard <laughs> they threw them out a window by throw out a window they meant defenestrate like what 
<laughs> that that type of humor. Mm-hmm. And I also um, specifically remember, I think it was like, uh, it was the book called The Urzatz Elevator. I think that was like the sixth one or something. But mm-hmm. there's one page yeah. where he he describes for the entire page how dark the elevator is. And then you flip the page and there's a picture, but it's just <laughs> a black page. They printed just black ink on the whole page. Um, I think it's in the second book where they are like, there's this, uh, somebody's doing something dangerous. So he spends the next two pages saying, don't ever, 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 ever do <laughs> right. this. The, the, the wit behind this character of Lemony Snicket, I think, is um, the thing that really I, I really enjoyed about it. And rereading it again, it, um, you know, even though it was like obviously written for children and the story's not very complex or it, it still was funny. Did you? Which one did you reread, Nick? I re- I just reread the first one. Okay, yeah, the the one I, that I ran into a pole. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that tone being necessary to keep the book light enough for kids. I mean, otherwise, it's relentlessly negative. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't actually know how it ends. I got tired of it being relentlessly negative and stopped. Well, what's um, funny too is they always like say that it doesn't end. With the, like he's always telling you from the start that it's not a happy ending, right? But it kind of ends up being a happyish ending. There's like it's an ambiguous ending. Nothing is really answered, right? I mean, like, but like you know, they they stop the bad guy at the end in the last book, and <laughs> yeah. But that but that was a series that I specifically remember. It was the first thing where I was looking up theories and trying to figure out things <laughs> and trying to put the pieces together, buying all of the extra secret books and stuff that came on the side. Um, and I was in the fifth grade when book 13 came out. And I remember like waiting in line to get the book and immediately reading it and being like, what the hell is this sugar bowl? What does this mean? <laughs> you know? And uh, not getting those answers, even by the time I finished the book, I remember probably being like, I must have been 11 or something like that, maybe 10, I don't know. But it, that was the first time where I had ever been like frustrated with a story for not giving me all the answers. I'd never been challenged that way before. Because, you know, um, children's books, they don't do that. That kind of reminds me, I don't know if anyone knows this series, but uh, has anyone heard of the 39 Clues series? Nope. I don't know. I think so, no. It's this uh, this mystery series that's written by a bunch of different... Each book is written by a different author, and it's very interactive with the kids. And, like, the first one's big book uh, read by, uh, wrote, written by uh, Rick Riordan. So uh, it just kind of gives me that vibe, but it less, it's less dark. <laughs> mm. Anyways. Yeah, I was... Well, and it's, it's also kind of funny that I found that in my older years... I am still really, really interested in things where there's like all these theories and you're trying to put pieces together. And I mean, like I was obsessed with Game of Thrones because of all of the little theories that people are having online. Uh, I I definitely remember um, somewhere in the middle of uh, of the Wheel of Time series, maybe maybe only book eight or nine were out at the time. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to no, no spoilers, okay. uh, but I just, I want to, I was, I did spend a lot of enjoyable time reading people's uh, theories online. I think, I think there was the, like there was white tower.net or something like that. And uh, uh, 
and just there was a whole lot of well here's a character who is described as tall and lean and dark haired and and we don't didn't know who it was at the time but here's another character who is described similarly and we know who that is and so i think this character is this guy and just it was all theories like that all the time and it was fascinating it was easy to fall down that rabbit hole uh, just just a million threads of who killed Asmodian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, that kind of reminds me of like subreddits nowadays. Like if you follow book subreddits, like mm-hmm. I follow the Starlight Archives subreddits, and there's theories out the wazoo about mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and then have any of you uh, read those books? Oh, no, sure. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm just gonna say there, there aren't as many of those though. So uh, yeah, those those at least seem more answered i guess there's no well, Patrick Rothfuss is not is not out there like feeding the those theories or talking about his themes or layering that he does like he is an author who's very much like i put it on the page and what's there is what i have and brandon sanderson is like totally the opposite he's like i'm gonna contribute articles to the wiki and let's talk about oh. the secret you know cosmere ultra meta narrative that i'm telling that isn't anywhere near this page. So. Right, no right. Yeah, it's, it's Nick, very the, So for, um, what's the name of the books we're talking about, guys? I totally forgot them already. Series of series. Fortunate Events. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, so Nick, for a series of fortunate events, that was a positive experience for you, you feel like, to, to be denied that information and then have to like go join other people who are, you know, rem- like, I guess, also denied that information, just desperate to learn. Go I think it was with a group. I mean, I think it was a positive experience in the sense that it was the first time I was forced to experience that, you know, because yeah. for that, like I said, I mean, kids books don't do that. And the the problem is real life does do that. Yeah. You know? well, so, I'm just thinking like a lot of like we were just talking about a lot of communities now have a sort of similar uh, experience to them, but they're kind of 50 50 on whether you're going to have a good time in those spaces uh, now, or whether you're just going to find people who hate the thing that they love, uh, you know, too much. I, um, I have a firm belief that the fans are the worst part of everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, people, yeah, I, I get why people might be like upset by not getting all the answers or not liking the answers or, you know, but at the end of the day, it's we're talking about fiction, so it can be whatever you want it to be. A common problem that I found is like the answers are too boring because you hear all these fantastical theories and you can work it out in your head, but it's like nowhere close. Yeah, that can happen sometimes for sure. Yeah. And the danger for the author is always, um, well, this was my plan, but boy, these people had better ideas than I did. What do I right. do now? Yeah, um, something happened. Like, uh, I don't like Game of Thrones that much. I like certain characters, but I don't really like the story that much. Uh, oh no. Um, yeah. but like, I really hated like the, the main theory that actually turned out to be true about John, mainly because I didn't like John as a character, he bored me. <laughs> but, anyways, That's all fair criticism, yeah, because <laughs> it sounded it's like this is too obvious to be correct. <laughs> Right. Well, after a while, it became so mainstream that it stopped being a theory and it just became like the truth, you know, I I guess like, you know, so let me give you another example, I suppose. Maybe this is what you made me think of initially is um, like Star Wars, right? With the new Star Wars movie that came out. Mm. 
Um, mm. I think a lot of people liked the idea of Star Wars so much that when this new trilogy came out, a lot of people were split on it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, especially talking about episode eight and episode nine. Those are the two controversial ones, I think. Um, and one thing that I found hilarious was my, my father was complaining because he read all the Star Wars books. And oh, he said yeah. he didn't like the new movies because it made the books not canon anymore. Yeah. I just, like, I and in my that. head, I'm thinking we're talking about a fictional story about space wizards and you're worried about which <laughs> fictional story is the right fictional story. <laughs> well, but it's not it's not petty like that. I mean, it, it is kind of petty, but it's not that petty because he has your father, I presume, has emotional investment in that story like he enjoyed it he had feelings about it while he read it he read a bunch of books spent a bunch of time on it that doesn't entitle him to anything uh except what he's already entitled to his own opinion uh and he has this emotional investment in the way the books went and the movies leave that path and it's harder for him to to leap over to this new path well and that is a fair point too yeah but at the same time the books don't disappear no, they don't. you can still enjoy the books. And, you know, so, you know, with with stories, even like a series of unfortunate events where they don't give you all of these answers up front. You know, it, I kind of feel like as a kid, I had to learn to uh, accept it for what it is. And if there were theories or things that I liked better that made me enjoy the story more, well, I can just believe those, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so my dad also doesn't like the new trilogy, mainly because he thinks the new trilogy is the old trilogy. Well, there's... What? Oh, like episode seven is a rehash is of episode, episode four. four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why do I spend money to watch the same movie again? <laughs> well, see, this one has characters who aren't white. That's true. Uh, Chewbacca, <laughs> Hello. I don't. Yeah, I guess he's tan. Chewbacca. That actor is white. Okay, but you know what? The character. Okay, that's what I was going for. Lando. Lando. And just for the record, it sounded like I was being sarcastic, but it's. I'm I'm so very glad that Star Wars has greater representation now. Yeah, I just wish there were better movies. (laughs) Yes. We all wish that. The double-edged sword of nostalgia. Is that sometimes the things you like come back and they're not as good. <laughs> is it maybe is it like the bladed boomerang of nostalgia? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm going to segue that into the books that I want to talk about, which is the Chronicles of Narnia, which very <laughs> notably had terrible movie adaptations made of them. Uh, I like the movie adaptations. <laughs> they, had one, they had one that was OK, but after the, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, I don't I don't think they were very good. Like, yeah, I didn't I remember watch them either. past the first yeah. one. I think Before, I only saw the first one too, and I thought it was okay. Before um, we diverge into that, Nick, what did you read again so we can have a record? <laughs> <laughs> For the court. Um, yes. no. um, I, yeah, Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know who that's a pen name for? Uh, Daniel Dan Handler. Handler. Okay. I, I didn't actually know if we would know that. 
<laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, Dan, for taking your summer thunder. I just no, no. wanted to uh, uh, capstone. I know it was such a great uh, segue too. You ruined it. <laughs> you ruined his segue. I'm Dan, sorry. I have Dan, to take, take in consideration away. of our fans that tell us we don't say the names of the book books enough. That's reasonable. Okay. We can just cut it all into order. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've learned so much editing the Nostalgia Plus podcast available on too many thoughts media.com that, um, <laughs> and, yeah, and iTunes exactly what you and nostalgia.plus. Yeah, <laughs> these are all excellent things. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, I, I, I started reading Chronicles of Narnia when it was in my house because my dad had put it there, and uh, I still have the same like those copies of the books here in my house now. And they are, I, I pulled them out to look through them here before the podcast. And I realized they're basically um, just loose leaf pieces of paper being held together by very, very old glue at this point. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, those, those are books that like, um, like I just fell in love with, like, especially the first four up to the silver chair. And I know that's a little blasphemy for uh, Rachel, because I think your favorite is the fifth one, right? The horse, and, the horse and his boy, which for me was the third one. That is the wrong order, and you are wrong to think it is the right order. <laughs> okay, I had them in a box set, and they put me, they gave me an order, and dug me. I got, a, and then I got bored with one, skipped one, went to two, read three, four, five, and then oh, decided read the started reading the silver chair and realized my favorite characters weren't in it. That is the wrong order, and the the collected publisher that put them in that order is wrong to have put them in that order. <laughs> yeah, the movie people. Right now they have numbers. They're numbered. The number one is the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But you're saying, Rachel, that your number one is the Magician's Nephew? Yes. I started reading it, was very confused, and put it down. Good, because you should yeah, read you should... next to last. That is the sixth book, and anyone who says <laughs> otherwise is a liar or a fraud. So Peter yeah, feels pretty strong. We have to talk about the uh, the strange ordering of this series. Peter yeah, well, you know, I I didn't read the the magician's nephew and the last battle. Um, I think until I was in high school because I just stopped at four. I don't know why. Um, and then I reread them in high school, and I got to the end, and I realized that like, oh, the answer to like every question about the weird place that is Narnia are answered in those last two books. <laughs> Uh, cause they're like an origin story. So they're like chronologically, that's the order that Rachel read them in the chronological order as they the exist internal in chronological the, in, order. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of, of Narnia itself, not actually the outside land though. Right. The magicians. Well, no, it is. It is still also that. Yes. Okay. Never cause the magician's nephew is about the old man who as a boy created the wardrobe, which is then featured in uh, the line, the witcher wardrobe in the first novel. And it's like his house that the orphans are they orphans or just they're war orphans, right? No, there. no, their dad went off to war. I think they right, were just so sent a, by their mother. Orphan, right? Yeah, they were, they were sent away for safety to avoid the, the air a common thing such. during the blitz. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so like that guy is, is a magician and, uh, or the magician's nephew of the book six. So, yeah, I mean, like there was a whole backstory and a weird ending that I just had never gotten to because I got to the end of the silver chair often, which was my favorite. And I was just like, OK, I'm done reading this now, I guess. I got really weirdly attached to the four siblings and mm -hmm. 
and they stopped being a thing. And I was very, very sad. And then I just stopped because I couldn't bear it. That makes sense. Yeah, they did kind of, wasn't it? They, they didn't treat Susan well. No, Susan was my favorite. I think all her siblings dies because she, she doesn't go back to Narya in the last battle, I think. And then they all die in a train crash. And she's just like, I'm just gonna, I guess I'm sad now. Is that how it ends? At least for Susan, that's how it ends. I don't know what actually well, happens in Narnia. She, she doesn't die. She, no, 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 the others she, die. And then she was because she didn't go with them. She's like, oh, what imaginations you still have? Because she mm-hmm. didn't believe in Narnia anymore. Right, right, right. She got cast as the front beak sister. <laughs> well, she was she always kind of that. She became yeah. too grown up. Yeah. I don't know. I just really liked her. And she was very, in, like, in the first few books. And then they just kind of threw her aside. And I was very sad. She serves a purpose. but Yeah. I mean, in the end, I, I, I loved them as a kid. Um they're just they're remarkably well realized but i also uh you know as i grow up and i begin to learn or recognize what they are all intended to mean that they're all a a religious allegory um it's you know it's for an adult for me at least it's a real turnoff well you know yeah it's a it's a weird one to talk about because C.S. Lewis was always a little cagey on other than the first one, right? The first one's like pretty blatantly an allegory, but the rest of them are um, they have religious themes in them, but I don't think you could ever really like line them up with, you know, a, a biblical story or anything like that. I mean, and really like the after the voyage of the Dawn Treader and the silver chair, they're very like Gulliver's travels kind of things where they're going to all these weird lands and they're, I mean, I've, it's very gold, those travels, like I feel, tiny people I, and all kinds. I feel like The Last Battle actually lines up with Revelations pretty well. If, yeah, what I, I think I find so, it. too. It's been a while since I read it, but I agree. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read it, but I know, like, the I looked at the wiki, and that's oh. what it said. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the wiki to figure out what happened, and I was, as, like, an adult, to see if I wanted to reread them, and I saw what happened to Susan, and I started, no, and I uh, turned away. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this is the thing about these books is that they are beloved by some people and and other people like find that they're I mean, to be honest, like for me, I have a similar experience to Peter's, except it was like the reverse. Like to me, I read these books and then organized religions was like, oh, these books made me realize you can kind of just make that stuff up. And <laughs> so <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I it grew was... up in a very religious household, so uh, you know, they gave me these books as like, oh, here's some fun reading that we bought at the Christian bookstore because you know, here's like some sort of pop culture fiction that's right. like on the approved reading list, so to speak. Right. Um, so have that, and it just showed you. Well, this is all kind of BS anyway. I'll just leave. Right. That's yeah. Funny. I, I grew up in a very non-religious household and they were given to me as just fantasy books. I don't, I presume, I mean, neither of my parents are, are, are dumb. I presume they had some inkling about the, uh, the intended meaning. Uh, but as far as I know, they never told me any of that. And, uh, yeah. So I just read them and, and took them entirely straight. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I had a similar experience with his Dark Material series, which is very, oh. very... But my parents are, like, some, uh, mostly religious, but they were like, eh, we know what this means, but we don't care. Child, you can read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're very open to, like, letting me read, like, even opposite positions. Hmm. That's... Must be very refreshing. <laughs> they, I, I know C.S. All- C.S. Lewis was, um, you know, often quoted as saying that, like, to him, he was writing, a, you know, second world fantasy where, you know, Jesus just went to the to another world and did his Jesus thing. Just he was a big lion. Like he was he was often very clear that, like, nope, it's the same Jesus, just in a different world. Mm hmm. That, that was very like you know that was one of those things where i'm like let me uh, let me try to figure that out as a 10 year old and and you know all the adults are like no don't try to figure that out that doesn't make any sense <laughs> I, I don't want to attack c.s lewis but i do want to say uh it takes a special kind of person to think that they could write jesus <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i would not have the balls to be like yeah i could write jesus as a character yeah. Um, I don't know. I just liked I, I, I wasn't that into the series as a child. Also, I wasn't I was kind of stupid as a child and didn't see that until much later. No, I didn't <laughs> until much later either. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And because I didn't really like look into themes of books. I was like, this is a fun story. I just like the story. <laughs> I mean, they're written that way to, to make it to make it that way. Right. So that you don't you don't think about it. Like They're not the, the later ones, especially are like not directly obvious and even the first one like one of the reasons why the lion the witch and wardrobe is so affecting is like like uh as asland is not crucified in the sort of like um uh picturesque way i'll say that like most uh (laughs) easter sermons would probably have you picture the crucifixion or you know if you're gonna watch a movie about it or something like he straight up gets stabbed to death in front of two small children on a big stone table and then he's dead and there's like several chapters where he's dead and everyone's making plans because hey god is dead and <laughs> we got to move on we got to keep going <laughs> like it, it it was it was very like i, I mean i don't know what C.S. lewis intended but i don't think it is how i interpreted those books <laughs> to start with which is like this C.S. Lewis guy is a fan of lion murder and he just put it in his book <laughs> um <laughs> A weird thing when I was reading that series, um, I think I like the the horse and his boy so much. Is I liked seeing the adult children later in the series, how, how like they were kings and queens in the series. I always wanted their parents to appear and be like, "There's your children. Look at them. They're kings and queens, and they're adults of this magical land." <laughs> I don't know. I always well, have no, this- yeah. That was that's uh, like a theme also of, of C.S. Lewis's in, in the Chronicles of Narnia is like. Narnia is a place you can go and when you come back, like the world's better because you left and had an adventure. Wait, is it? Did the world improve after the Penzi's adventure? Yes. Did it? I thought Uh, this came back and like like, no time uh, had passed. Well, but like their parents come back, I think by the end and, uh, you know, in Prince Caspian and, and in Voyage of the Dawn Treader and in Silver Chair, the stories are all predicated by something bad happening to the children. They leave, they come back and then like Prince Caspian (laughs) comes back with them and they chase kids around with a sword until everything's better. 
I think in the okay. silver chair, they do this something very similar, except uh, their headmaster of their school sees Aslan and goes insane and then is promoted <laughs> into uh, parliament, I think is what happens. So we <laughs> now, now I want Aslan to be actually like a representative of the great old ones. Um, Lovecraft <laughs> the, the realm beyond time and space. <laughs> oh, read that too yeah okay oh i just got some ideas hold on i'm gonna go write a book <laughs> uh, uh we all have ideas apparently <laughs> yes well we're um, all people with ideas i mean i i need to get my ideas on page which is the hard part that's that's the yeah that's the hard part <laughs> as shown by i've written two chapters in a short story <laughs> that's more than zero Yes, I started this thing in like sophomore year of college. I'm a grad student now. That's like three years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I've been writing my. I wrote my first book. It took 15 years or something like. That. So don't don't feel too bad. You still got lots of time. It's okay. I own your book, Dan. It's on my bookshelf. Sponsored by Dave Woke Up by Dan Evanson. <laughs> That's true. I haven't read it because I'm scared. <laughs> It's not that scary. I don't do horror. I'm a baby. <laughs> it's the it's the cosmic key horror kind of stuff. Not not too much. Well, there's a lot of screaming and running, I guess. But you know, it's okay. One of my friends one of my friends has read it. How, what did they think? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a while. They read it in. A- oh boy, <laughs> she doesn't remember. That's not a good sign. It was in October. Okay. Okay. I, I, a new year has happened. I was up going around places and my back hurt. <laughs> <laughs> we got way on. What? So, any any last thoughts for the Chronicles of Narnia? I, it's very late. I'm tired. It's, it's very important to read the Chronicles of Nor- we got, Narnia. We got three more books to get order. through. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You begin the witch in the wardrobe. And you end with the last war after reading The Magician's Nephew. If you do it in a different order, you're wrong and bad. But what is the order, Peter? Uh, I don't remember which ones are in the middle. It's (laughs) The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Last Battle. Okay, thank you, Dan. I can say that because they're sitting here in a box that is slowly (laughs) running away next to me. I love it. Okay. Um, Katie, do you want to go next since your book is also semi-famous? Sure. And mine was also a terrible screen adaptation. I like that movie still, too. It's like there's a trend in Hollywood of making <laughs> bad adaptations of film. Some yeah. of them are good. If that were a trend, we would have heard about it. <laughs> so I have the book Inkheart um, by Cornelia Funke. I love her. I love her as an art um, author. I have multiple of her books. I do too. It. Oh my goodness. Great times. <laughs> so she originally wrote this in German, so it had to get translated. But it's it's fine. Like it, the never-ending story. Obviously, yes. <laughs> like the never-ending story. It's also originally in German. I'm sorry. Go on. And uh, also a terrible film adaptation. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Cue I the fight turn this music. podcast right around. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, How do we turn a podcast around? 
Don't don't test me, Rachel. We've already done this several times, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Inkheart. Um. So when the movie came out, my best friend and I, who, well, in theaters, came out in theaters. We we were so excited to see it because we would just read the books constantly and just talk about you know our own little theories. Ooh, I can't wait for the third book to come out. Blah blah blah, and. I actually had a really nostalgic experience with this because I went into my old elementary school's library and I found the copy that I had read as a child. Wow. It was just so the library is a lot smaller now. <laughs> yes, I'm sure they've been they've been shrinking it. Uh, they had to have been. Yeah. <laughs> Does the bookshelf come up to your knees or something? No, no, the it's the bookshelves have been rearranged. They got new nice ones. They're really pretty. Good <laughs> look. Um, so, Inkheart. Um, in the book, there's this girl named Maggie, and she's inherited her father's secret ability. He can read characters out of the books, but someone has to go in as sort of a balance. Um, so when Maggie was three years old, uh, her father was reading aloud from the book called Inkheart. Um, and during this, the villain slipped out, like the main villain, his number one sidekick and a fire eater. And in went Maggie's mother and her and their two cats. Um, quick question. Is it yes. Maggie? Maggie. Is it Maggie? Or- it's with an E. Okay. Maggie. Okay. Maggie. I, okay. Just, just confirming. <laughs> yes. Maggie. Okay. Um. And during my reread, I just have, I was waiting for this one scene that was just so, you know, emblazoned in my mind, like, that the great aunt Eleanor, who gets dragged in all this, um, she was in the bad guy's lair, and then she looks up and says, hello, Teresa. And I remember it being such a huge reveal. But when I reread it, that scene isn't even in the book. <laughs> what? Wait, did you remember something that didn't happen? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and That's I, the Berenstain Bears also <laughs> to mention. <laughs> like I don't know how it happened, but like that huge reveal was never there, and it was like they were dropping these really obvious hints the whole time. Of like, was I just really dumb when I read it the first time? <laughs> I don't was know. It just sequel plot twist. It was in the movie. <laughs> Uh, was it in was the movie? It? I don't remember. I've only watched the movie. Uh, I watched the movie kind of recently, and then I was like, oh, I want to read the books. Actually, I want to read the book that's in the book by, you know, the the fictional author in there. It sounds like a really cool world. Because, like, fire has its own language, and you can, like, talk to it and make it do cool tricks and all this stuff. It It seems very interesting. Um, I, I remember. I remember reading the books, or listening, or li- watching the movie, and then listening to her other book, uh, Dragon Rider, and like uh, being very shocked to realizing the, the guy in the actor who played the main dude in Inkheart was also the narrator of Dragon's Rider. Dragon Rider. Oh. Brendan Fraser. Yes, he is the narrator. And- <laughs> 
apparently he something about and, that just made me laugh really hard. I'm sorry. Apparently he and Cornelia Funka like know each other personally because she dedicated Ink Spell, the second book in the series, to him. And it's like this wouldn't have been a thing without you. And it it was just like, holy shit, what the hell? It seemed really meta, kind of. The guy the guy from the mummy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is that where he's you, been? You mean the guy from George in the jungle? Yeah. <laughs> Above the jungle. No, no, the guy from Encino Man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on, let me bring up his IMDB page. So I, can <laughs> I have to be honest, just thinking about Brendan Fraser just makes me laugh. His existence Why? is He's hilarious funny. to me. Have you ever seen Monkey Bone? It just his choice of movies that he's done is hilarious. Did he play Inspector Gadget? No, no that, that was um, Matthew oh, Broderick. Matthew Broderick, oh, that's right. That's another person, right? <laughs> oh, he does a really good job in narrating Dragon Rider, and Dragon Rider is just a good book. No, sorry, that was my side tangent. No, that's not good. He also uh, narrated the. The Ink Spell audiobook as well. Just thought I'd throw uh, it out there. I didn't. I didn't. Okay, I bought Ink Heart after I saw the movie and was intensely bored. Ooh. All right. Well, that sounds like a Ouch. you problem. It probably <laughs> was. I probably was at the correct age to read it or something, or like my interest wasn't li- aligning with the book at that time. Did you literally leave yourself a note to remember, or you just that was your impression? I don't remember anything about the book. I just remember being intensely bored, but that normally happens when I'm not like in the mood to read it or I'm just not like in the right mindset to read it. Oh, Sim- some- something similar happened to when I tried to read War of the Worlds as a kid. I was just oh, it wow. was too it was too complicated for me. <laughs> I know I read Inkheart, but I don't remember it terribly well. Well, it was a long time ago. Read it, you'll love it. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. I th- I think I would like it because I love all her other books. Like I love the uh, her ghost hunting series, which is, it's so adorable. And I love it. I haven't read those, but I I also read um, the Thief Lord by her, and I love that. I reread it last oh, yeah. year, and I, I haven't read Dragon Rider in the last you know like decade or so. But yeah, I remember I've heard good loving things it. about Thief Lord. Oh, I Thank love you. it! Little Italian children that steal things. It's so cute. I think- I thought the main two children were England and English, and the other children were Italian. Um, the main kids were actually German. Okay. Like all the best kids are. Yes. <laughs> High all five, fellow Germans. Yeah. Yay! I have five myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, half of that was me <laughs> fiving you in my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Katie, it's fine. I've never. I, well, I've never seen Peter's face. So I can't Meow. high five. <laughs> Meow. Oh. <laughs> I can't actually see your avatar, Peter. So it doesn't work. This is oh. my favorite episode of Fault. <laughs> <laughs> we should always be this tired. Oh, off your, the walls. I love it. <laughs> Peter, your avatar on Too Many Thoughts Media is a typewriter. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. Do they make <laughs> typing noises? No. <laughs> Oh, it's happening now. Make them with your mouth. Oh, wait, no, I can make them with an actual typewriter. Oh, no, (laughs) why do you have a typewriter? Why don't you have a typewriter? My mom kind of collects them. What kind is it? 
This one, this is a modern Nakajima typewriter. I think it oh. might be the only company that makes new electric typewriters in the world. Oh, get an Underwood, With- you heathen. So I could, but that would require me to slow down. If I use this one, then I can actually write at the speed of my thought and it will keep up with me or catch up with me. See, the thing is, I can't use typewriters. That's hard. Well, I can't spell. (laughs) That's That's kind of Typewriters don't care if you spell things correctly or not. I'm just saying they're not judging you. Well, I also, my thoughts go too fast for my fingers, so I misspell everything and I mix, uh, jump over words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's always it's, fun. It's not a, you don't use a typewriter for a, for a final draft. You, I feel like that's the, the freeing thing about a typewriter is that you don't even worry about spelling. You, it, it eliminates that as a concern because it's just only forward, never backwards, you know? You, you, that is a huge part of why I use a typewriter for writing. I actually started a writing class today. Happy new semester. Oh, um, very cool. High five. Thanks. Um, and one of the, you know, we have to introduce ourselves and he's all like, oh, now write it in a free thinking mode where you don't like, you know, go back and correct your mistakes or anything. And I was like, that was so hard. Like, <laughs> just if I type a word and I do a letter wrong, I go back and fix it right then and there. I can't just mm-hmm. keep going forward. Mm. Yeah, I would too if I uh, were at a computer, which is why I put myself, uh, you know, on a pad of paper with a pen where it's more work to go back and fix things or on a typewriter where it's easier to just keep going. Uh, I That's probably why I like writing think my thoughts down first on like pen mm-hmm. and paper but my issue is i can't read it later because i instinctively write in cursive because i have i don't normally write like permanent thoughts in pen mm-hmm. because if i write in pencil my thoughts will stay there forever but it'll eventually like fade away but if i write in pen they'll, they're very more permanent but then why can't you read it can you not read your own cursive uh no <laughs> That also, seems like a, a failure point. <laughs> also, my misspellings are so bad. They're really bad. Mm. <laughs> I can't spell guard to save my life. I don't know where the middle three letters go. G-U-A-R-D. Nailed just it. Spell, just spell G-R-D. G-R-D. Yeah. Um, let's see. I misspelled mountain. Uh, my favorite thing was over the weekend, I was trying to spell winced. But I had a cold, so I couldn't use Siri to figure it out. So we spent like <laughs> 10 minutes. I, I tried my friends, how do you spell this word that means flinched away from pain? And a lot of people were like, recoiled, flinched. I was like, no, mm. the other one, the other one. I can't say it because I don't know how to type it. I couldn't figure out how to type it. The sources exist. Do you know oh, the, the what, what is this word or what is that <laughs> word subreddit? Um, no, I know what the word is. I can't spell it. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm just saying, so I enjoy that subreddit. <laughs> that's um, that's useless. Let's let's uh, set this part on fire. Oh yeah. <sighs> Sorry, that was so weird. Fire. <laughs> you guys, who's editing is... this? Oh, oh, I think I think, I think it's I think it's Katie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's your one. Yeah, there's our F-bomb. Woo! <laughs> also, I would like to point out 
that I'm taking like the hardest three classes I ever could this semester. So it'd be nice. <laughs> okay. We'll be like nice. advanced differential calculus. No, but statistics, which is the hardest math class my um, school offers. Uh, statistics yeah. is easy. You only have to be like almost correct. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm taking. This is my second course of graduate statistics. Go away, Nick. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're always right as long as you add error bars. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm, my inner statistician is gra- uh, crying. That's right. That's correct. That's the right answer because <laughs> that's my. I was. That was full of shit. What I said. Uh. <laughs> Stats within is very a margin of plus or minus 100 percent oh my uh, god yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so katie i'm also taking statistics so are you also taking biology probably because that's what you do um no but i majored in biology so yeah. hey help me with my homework <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm an adult i can do this <clears throat> i can be google Yay. We all believe in you. Thanks. And we also believe in Inkart by yes. Cornelia Funk. Funka. 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 F-U-N-K-E. Which I've like, never read, and I'm going to add to my to-read list right Zagas now. Sagas Deutsche. Uh, also add D. Thief Lord. Yes, uh, Thief yeah. Lord and Dragon Rider as well. Also her ghost series, because that's it's delightfully uh, silly. So Rachel, what did you read? Bring us home. Okay. Please end this madness. <laughs> Wait, I think I don't wake up. Okay. Wait, um, did Peter has to go. Peter oh. has to. Go. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I only read eleven books for this one. It's cool. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we'll just skip him. Um, I only read four, so I'll go first. Uh, first, I read mean fourth. <laughs> I mean before oh, me. first. first before me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So I read four of the seven King- Keys to the Kingdom series by Garth Nix, which are basically, it's a weird adventure story that uh, like chronicles the protagonist. He slowly falls into the corruption of power. <laughs> this is a uh, children's book? Yes. In book three, the one of the denizens or like one of the trustees of the house dies after like trying to like give up her power it was really sad and melancholy i was very i was when i was i was leading to it i was like i'm like crying now what the hell (laughs) (laughs) um so did you remember these uh really emotional scenes were coming up before they happened no i didn't um so i remember well, it's very like uh, I read them a while ago, and other things have gone over it. Uh, they're kind of generic in some ways. The only way it's not generic is the world is absolutely brilliant. So you have uh, the house, which is the center of the universe, where uh, time runs true, and their purpose is to observe the secondary worlds, and that is the will, uh, um, according to the original laws set down by the architect who created the house. And all wow. the secondary worlds, except yeah, and the house is this like this mishmash of different things that goes through different trends. And then you have the two people that live in the house. You have the denizens who are like are created the ar- by the architect to do certain jobs, and they are very um, human, but not human. 
they don't really have the same emotions as we do, and they're less. Uh, some of them are less smart depending on uh, what they're designed to do. You have like the gray denizens that are, they only do what they're told to do. And then you also have the Piper's children that live in the house, which were brought into the house by the Piper, and they're mortals from the outside world that were brought, uh, like mortal children from the outside world that are brought into the house that run rampant around the house and become slightly more than mortal. Uh, how, one of the- How many of them are there? There's many. <laughs> okay, so it's like a whole civilization. Yeah, um, kind of. In the seventh book, or the sixth book, or uh, at the end of the fourth book, they begin, the Piper steals all the, his children to make an army. <laughs> okay. Because he can still control them. Have you read any uh, any of the Amber books by Roger J- Zelazny? I've been meaning to, because I keep seeing that subreddit. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it uh uh this reminds me a little bit of that because uh it also has a similar like here's the center of the universe and everything else is kind of uh built upon that or predicated upon it. So that's that was that's an interesting feeling. So one of the main characters, Susie Susie Turquoise Blue is a Piper's child. Uh you actually learn about her past as a mortal and it's really sad. She was actually uh her parents brought her out in the country during the Black Plague to keep her safe from the Black Death that was going around England. And that's how she uh, became one of the Piper's children, because he went around taking up all the abandoned and um, forgot about children to bring them to the house. So he's a child abductor. Yes. Okay. Um, Is it supposed to be like a Peter Pan vibe? Like, oh, child, uh, let me save you. We're going to have fun. No, it's more like a pipe that makes you, um, that mind controls you. Ew, okay. Like a pan pipe? Yeah. Uh, like, not like, not the, like a, a water pipe. It's not the, yeah. the plumber's children. <laughs> like, uh, he's like uh, St. Peter. That's not what, what I thought of when you said water pipe. <laughs> I, that, I thought of something else, too. Oh, no. Um, I didn't. <laughs> so, but he's kind of, um, he's like uh, St. Peter who brought all the, the rats out. Ireland. He also has uh, spies that are called the Raised Rats, which are brought to the house and he made sentient. Uh, but the protagonist is Arthur, and he is the rightful heir to the kingdom. And his job is to take the keys to the kingdom from the trustees who each have fallen into uh, disrepair after the architect has left and uh, decided to break apart the will of the architect and uh, into seven parts and hide it away and refuse to get let the will be done. Okay, so so Arthur needs to reassemble the will to execute on it so that Arthur can be properly the heir of the architect and set the world to right. Yes. What I like about Arthur, he wasn't... He, the, the heir to the kingdom isn't really... There isn't, like, guidelines other than he ha- they have to be mortal. The reason why Arthur is the heir to the kingdom is he was going to die on a specific Monday. And... Um, it's always and, Mondays, isn't it? Well, the way, because the, the trustees can only interfere on their day. Like, each of the trustees have a day. Like, Mr. Monday can only interfere on Monday. And the, the first part of the well managed to get free and uh, managed to convince Mr. Monday by uh, via a proxy that he can give away his uh, part of the key and let the will be done, but not really. Because... <laughs> The kid will die, and you can take back your key bit, uh, and be like, "Oh, I gave it away." <laughs> he just died like two seconds later. 
does sound really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as Arthur gains more of the keys, he's losing more of his humanity and becoming more like a denizen. And he's trying to fight against that because he wants to go back to his uh, home on Earth and uh, live out his life on Earth. But sadly, uh, as the books progress, uh, progress you, the, you, the reader, realize that Arthur can't and he'll eventually become a denizen and corrupted by the te- power. Hmm. And uh, the cool thing about the trustees is they're each embodying one of the seven deadly sins. Monday is both. Grim Tuesday is greed. John Wednesday is gluttony and so on. Uh, so on and th- so forth. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it's a very interesting world. And it's very complex. <laughs> How old yeah, were you when you first read it? Uh, middle school, elementary school. Hmm. I think I found it at a Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, those are just nostalgia in a box. Yes, they still have those, right? They yeah. do. I've do they to them? Or are yeah. they do? Or do they just have like those little like books you bring, or the not books? They have both. little flyers that you bring home, and then mm-hmm. you send them in. You get them in the mail. Uh, that's Both kind of those I things love, happen. I love those. I love the. I just like looking at the books and listening to the book trailers. <laughs> yeah, but I. It's a very interesting series, um, and it takes place like over like a week, and it progresses into more and more madness as Arthur uh, has more to power and defeating more of the more of the trustees. But the trustees are also interfering on Earth because they're like, let's stop trying to stop this kid by murdering his adopted family. <laughs> wow. So, so dark and complicated. Got it. That sounds yeah. pretty Garth next. Yeah. Yeah. It, I really liked it as a kid. I don't remember it being this dark. <laughs> yeah. You've just internalized that darkness and now you are evil. Yeah, I think this is one of uh, Garth Nix's l- what a his lesser known series. Uh, I know. Well, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Well, because like people know Sabriel and the, mm-hmm. and the other one that I forgot the name. I like Dark Tower or something. Is it the Old Kingdom books or something? There's Old Kingdom. I think that's, that's Sabriel, right? Yeah, and there's another yeah. one that people like more. The Seven Kingdom, the uh, Seven Towers. There you go. Oh. And then there's the Keys of the Kingdom series, and he has a bunch of like um, other books that are standalones. <laughs> this is my third Garth Nix book series to do on this podcast. I was gonna say we've we've done Garth Nix before. I've actually never read him. Um, let's see. You should start with one of the three that I read. <laughs> well, I will go back and listen to the podcasts and choose from there. Well, I recommend read- Sabriel if you want to start somewhere. Yeah, I have positive yeah. memories of Sabriel. All right, fine. Don't let me go back to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. You want like, um, and there's also the Angel Mage series, which just came out. Uh, not series, standalone. So that's a standalone if you want that. <laughs> but anyways, I liked it. Anyone have any questions for a book series you never read nor never heard of? No, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> What's the title and author one more time? Uh, it's the Keys of the Kingdom series by Garth Nix. Peter, bring us home. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, Peter? Uh, Peter? Yeah. 
<laughs> are you okay? No one's okay. We're all Everyone's not okay. Un-okay. We're all very sick, that, ill people. I blame it on the time that Katie was Peter for a little while. <laughs> there was that one time. That was weird. It felt so weird. I like it. I was who was who, and I was so confused. <laughs> He's dying. Sorry. You really got me. Oh. What? Sounds so genuine. It's okay. We'll I, cut this, guys. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. And next. <laughs> no more recording podcasts late at night. Yeah, we should always record at like 3 a.m. Um, Perfect. All right. Well, so as, as I may have mentioned, uh, I read 11 books for this. Uh, did you mention that? I can't remember. I think I, I think I did. You actually did mention it on the podcast. I was afraid you didn't actually mention it. <laughs> no, no. I remember because we had a fight over who read how many books. And by fight, I mean, I said 11, you said four, and then you talked about yours. <laughs> yes. See, that is. Just like Lemony Snicket, I can also redefine words on the fly. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So I think that's the, how all our hard fights go, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> One of us says something. Someone else says something, and it's not actually a fight. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, so I, I had some indecision. I first thought, you know what? I'm going to go back and read some of these old uh, fantasy novels that I read when I was young and uh, I can talk about them in full. And I picked up um, On a Pale Horse, which is the first book of the Incarnations of Immortality series by Piers Anthony. And we all know Piers Anthony, I think. No, but no? we have tea every Thursday. I'm very sorry then. <laughs> For the things I'm about to say, um, no, his his writing is is well known by now. Uh, maybe not to you youngins uh, for being uh, misogynistic and uh, kind of inappropriately sexualized, um, uh, including sometimes towards people who are too young to be sexualized. That part did not happen in this book, um, but uh, it's definitely it definitely objectifies women. And is, despite having a bunch of interesting ideas, not really worth reading because Piers Anthony is not really worth reading. So I read that and then regretted it. Um, I moved on and picked up a six book middle grade series that I read as a kid um, that I think came out in 1990. It was called the Circle of Magic series. And uh, searching for that may not help you find it, because I think there's another series by the same name that is better known. But this sounds, is by... What's that? I was like, this name sounds familiar, but I'm just going back to the Wheel of Time. Or no, um, it's The Colors of Magic by Terry Pratchett. Oh, yeah, definitely not that. No, there's The another Circle, Circle of, of Magic, Magic by Tamara Pierce. Yes, oh, and that's yeah. not the one that I'm talking about. So don't, I mean, yes, by all means, look that up if that interests you. I don't know. I haven't read them, but don't look those up because you listened to the podcast and wanted to read something I read when I was eight. Um, Tamara <laughs> Pierce is a good writer. I've read some of her stuff. She's good. But uh, this Circle of Magic series is by Deborah Doyle and James D. McDonald. Um, and it's 
six books that follow the career of a uh, uh, starts out as a preteen who is training to be a knight. He's a squire until a wizard comes through town and demonstrates magic. And he just falls in love with it and feels like this is what he's meant to do. I mean, he has a dream that feels prophetic also, but this is what he's meant to do. And so he runs away and catches up with the wizard and like, can you teach me magic, please? And the wizard says, no. <laughs> the book but ends. Yeah, it was, it was very short, but. Um, <laughs> How did you get six books out of that? <laughs> he says no a lot. He goes um, on to be an accountant and it's five books of accounting. <laughs> the book, the circle of accounting. And, um, then, and then he joins the witch hunters group. Oh, yeah, no. But so, uh, no, he, uh, the wizard cannot teach him or will not teach him, but instead takes him to the school of magic, which is the, uh, school of wizardry is the title of the first book. And, uh, and takes him there and enrolls him. And, uh, and then we follow his, his journey as first an apprentice and then a journeyman, uh, and, and later, just going on doing the journeyman thing, traveling the world and learning new magics. Um, and I just, I, I, so I've read it again, you know, last month it was, it's clearly middle grade fiction. It's not going to stun anybody, uh, in any particular regard, but I enjoy how the character clearly struggles to advance, um, most of the first book is him failing to to actually cast any spells, um, and uh, and we see him, you know, learn things, and he, you know, he clearly studies them and works hard and practices over and over again before they actually become things he can use in uh, in crucial moments, um, and and. You know, and everything ends well. Um, it's it was nice. There's nothing amazing about it. It's not going to blow your mind, um, and it probably won't even accidentally entertain you because you won't find it because no one's printing it anymore. But uh, but I enjoyed it, and I found rereading it to be pleasant. Um, I kind of, I really like that type of learning vibes. I always like school. I, my friends hate the time in King Killer when he's in the um, university, but I love those times. So, oh, the wait, which part where he's in the uh, university? Like at the, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love, I love him learning stuff at the at the university. Yeah, people find it boring, but I really like when the times where they're just sitting there learning, even though the plot doesn't seem to be advancing that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. recently found something similar in um, the Mother of Learning, where it's a time loop. So he, all he has is infinite time to learn things. Oh, that's such a dream, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you love to be stuck in Groundhog Day, where you could just learn how to play the piano and learn French poetry? Um, that's from Groundhog Day, or uh, my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes of Stargate SG-1 where two characters get stuck in a time loop and so they end up learning a whole bunch of stuff like how to juggle <laughs> and uh, I just, I love those things and I think like many people, I wish I had, I could just pause time and just 
read a bunch and learn stuff. Admittedly, uh, Zorian, the character who's stuck in, it, stuck in a time loop, is also trying to prevent a massive invasion on the, his hometown. So, <laughs> trying to was that commit or stop? Stop. I there's see. like, there's like a somebody's trying to uh, attack the main wizard college. To, uh, mm. <laughs> it's a very good story so far. The audiobook is really good on Spotify, and it's free on Spotify. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's sponsored by Spotify. So Peter, we, we're going to talk about these covers, right? Oh, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So uh, I went, I went looking up uh, before the show. I went looking up the the books because I wanted to make sure I got the authors' names correct. And uh, and the copies that I have are from a printing from 1990, and they have just you know they have illustrated fantasy covers. You can see uh, the. For the book Tournament and Tower, there's a a person, uh, the, which is the main character. It looks like some kind of Renaissance fair with a bunch of uh, animal people, and that's that's a, a prophetic dream that he has in the in the book. Um, uh, but uh, if you look at the if you look up the same book and find the animorphs. Uh, yeah, if you like the, the a printing from 2000, I guess it looks like they actually retitled it uh, instead of Tournament and Tower, they retitled it Secret of the Tower. Um, and they took like they took the same art threw on like an overlay and took a an awful photo of like a tw- <laughs> 10 year old, 12 year old kid from the 90s. Dressed in Ren Fair costume, yeah, and then and then did whatever the version of Photoshop was. I guess it was two thousand. I guess they had Photoshop, um, and put that in with the rest of the the and the drawn cover from the original. And it's just, I mean, it looks like someone said, you know, you know who's cool. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> let's 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 put someone like looks like that on the cover. Here's a picture of him from a long distance away that is distorted. Yeah, I in just, a way no. that triggers the uh, just a, a sensation of fear whenever I look at this picture. It, I don't even know what publishing group it is. It's probably the same publishing group that did. Uh, looks like Troll. Yeah, and, Troll is the one that has it there. And um, I don't know. I think it was a Bantam book, the original publishing. I was gonna make a joke because it's like a because it's like like the actor looks like an he would fit into an animorphs cover. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's Is like the same time period, two thousand. Yeah, animorphs. I think so. I mean, the one that really gets me is uh, the wizard statue. Uh, you could, if you go to Goodreads, I think these are the the ones that show up on the covers. But the uh, wizard statue is a kid. That same kid. So I'm assuming they just there's just somewhere there has to be a, if you look up wizard in like stock photography you just get pictures of this kid <laughs> and he's standing in some sort of archway screaming at a guy in a gray poncho who was obviously not holding a sword and a sword has been added to his hand. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. No, oh. it's spectacular. Yes. And then there's the, you know, I think probably the same thing as the one you were talking about, which is that the background under the archway is probably the background of the original cover. Yeah, probably. You could probably, pretty good. Al- <laughs> you could probably find the original art also on Goodreads. Go to alternate versions of 
uh, like alternate publications on Goodreads. No, I, re- I refuse. I refuse. This is a canon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So th- there is apparently, if you go looking, you can find some truly awful cover art um, <laughs> alongside the generally not exceptional, but neither exceptionable uh, cover art of the original books. Uh, so, uh, you know, sure, do that for fun. They re- they recently changed the Codex Illyria cover, and I hate it. I hate it so much. But and I, <laughs> let me ask you guys something. I mean, when when uh, a movie has a bad film adaptation, and they release a, a, a book has a bad cover. film adaptation. <laughs> what? what you said? A movie has built a bad film. Adaptation. Sorry, sorry. When a book has a bad film adaptation, yeah. and then they re-release the book with uh, a cover yeah. featuring. <laughs> uh, I don't want to buy that photos book. from the movie. How much I don't does that buy it? No. It, well, That's I, I have mean, to go look up the Kindle instructions for locking down particular images <laughs> for for book covers. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It doesn't. I don't want to buy that book, but it, I don't get upset that they've done it. It's pr- it's promotion. Pr- I understand why they do it. I just don't like the cover art. Yeah, it's it doesn't look attractive. I just don't understand how anybody could want any cover other than the original cover. Uh, like you don't book. want a cover of fucking Edward and Bella just like in each <laughs> other's arms. Oh, oh, me some so, Chris. Some re-release. <laughs> some are really Reese's and Recover um, are really good. Um, some of them are bad. For the Codex Lyria series, they took off the weird Renfair guy that's supposed to be Tavi, I think, and they just put the symbols, and it looks it's just like a black background with symbols mm. on fire. It's awful. <laughs> I would take the weird Renfair guy over fire. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been some trend in that direction i mean they've they've reissued this was a while ago i think but they reissued the uh lord of the rings trilogy with a very simple uh simple covers with no uh real illustration except for like a it might have been a ring of elvish or something on the center um and i think i remember some other books with with similar designs nothing's coming directly to mind anyway yeah i like those like the minimalist covers me too yeah uh, it depends it how. So it depends how they do it. Um, if it's a good minimalist cover, like I think I like the new real Sabriel's cover that I think Nick used for my review of Sabriel because the older ones look very old. <laughs> mm. There's yeah, only one cover I want, and it's Daryl Sweet's Wheel of Time covers that don't make any damn sense with what actually takes place in the book. <laughs> and everyone looks weird on the front. Were those and, the originals where like the yes. first, uh, the eye of the world is some huge guy riding a horse next to some tiny person. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> land and moraine, I think, but it's still like the second one. And the third you. one, I think have trollocks on it. And the trollocks are like these weird human animal amalgams. And, and then in the, on the cover, they're like just dudes in helmets. Animal helmets. It was so confusing to me when I first started reading those, but they are, you know, now everyone's like, no, these are the greatest ones. You can't replace these covers. Well, they're they're pretty and they look really cool, but they're, you know, kind of don't you tell know. don't tell Peter and Dan. I've never read um, Wheel of Time. That's OK. Hey, I've only read the first fine. four books. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that. I heard someone say something horrible, and I got scared. I'm not missing much. Yeah, my <laughs> oh wow, my roommate started reading them, and we have very similar. Eh, meh, and like it's complicated, and there's 14 of them, and I'm scared. Well, I I'd have probably two copies. Around with a boombox and an audiobook for creative. I have two copies 10, of Winter's hours. Hearts and Knife of Dreams. I'll send them to you. I mean, you know, oh, those, those are, are books. the worst one. <laughs> 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 You'll be yeah. fine. I don't I have my fear with. <laughs> I think my fear with Wheel of Time is that I'm going to like it a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then that there's that whole bad, commitment. Yeah. Um. I'm afraid because I started trying. I tried to read the Sword of Shannara series, uh, and then I got immediately bored with it within the first few pages. <laughs> Which book? Yeah, the Shannara books. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah, haven't read are, them. Uh... There's a terrible TV show adaptation. It's by MTV. Check it out. It's terrible. I tr- <laughs> I started to, and they uh, the interesting the, the interesting character immediately stopped being interesting after like two scenes. Yeah, I uh, I tried re I read the first three I think um, when I was younger, and uh, I know I read them at the time, and I'm sure I had feelings about them. I still remember a couple scenes strongly, um, but I tried to reread it. I tried to pick up the sort of Shannara. Uh, I don't know, several years ago, and it was interminably tedious at the very beginning i mean the I first just, one is bad it is straight up bad okay well i did directly rips off lord of the rings and almost its entire plot like it's bad <laughs> every, uh-huh. I, every, if you go to any place where people actually like that series they'll tell you to start with the elf stones oh, which okay. are at least i guess books but you know <laughs> I don't, i'm not a fan of that series i, I actually found the TV show to be slightly entertaining. <laughs> well, I like the, like the actual books. I like the TV show for the first episode because I liked the elf girl who was interesting, and then she immediately became boring. <laughs> That's hard. Well, don't worry. By the end of season one, she turns into a tree. I heard that. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. All right. I only have four more books to talk about. Oh, I forgot you were still going. <laughs> Uh, well, look, I can I can do these quickly there. These are better. Uh, like I can recommend people search these out. These are the uh, the Chronicles of Prydane by Lloyd Alexander. Um, they open with the Book of Three. The second book is uh, maybe the name is the best known. The Black Cauldron. Oh, yes. Um, yep. I guess. We're, because, yeah. yeah, there was some bizarre. Um, Disney film. It's really. I good. actually watched that. That's the first thing I watched on Disney Plus, or the oh second. Oh my god! I can't remember. I've, ne- so I've never seen it. I that just, was I my first time watching it. Forced me to watch that early on when we started dating. It's really oh, good. This, why? Is it's it, one of her it's, favorite childhood. Okay. That's. I mean, I'm afraid that I just won't be able to to appreciate it because it's it's. I'm from what I understand, it's so very different than the book. I liked um, it. <laughs> That's I can't it's I can't fine. tell you that you're a bad person, but you probably are though. Peter, uh, in all in all honesty, it's fine. It's, okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um it's I, it's not like um uh oh a bicentennial man. What? The, that was the that's the movie. I mean it's it's one of Isaac Asimov's best oh. short stories, and they made a movie adaptation with Robin Williams that butchered the story and the the, the meaning of it. 
Um, well, anyway, that's so I had to, for some reason, I watched that and couldn't help but compare it to something that was much better. Anyway, well, we, we can watch the Black Cauldron for Nostalgia Plus and we can find we out. We can, and apparently now I'm sure we will. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but so the Book of Three, the Black Cauldron, the, uh, what is it? The Castle of Lear, uh, Terran Wanderer, and, and finishes with the High King. Uh, they were all, I think, uh, Newbery Award nominees, uh, which is like a young adult uh, uh, award for fiction. And uh, the High King, the last one, is a Newbery Award winner. Uh, and uh, they're they're just really good. They follow Taryn, um, who is like a lowly person. He just, you know, he, he's a, a pig keeper. I think he gets the title at the very beginning. He's, he's, he's given the title assistant pig keeper because he went and complained he wanted something greater than just to do work on the farm. Okay, your title is assistant pig keeper. Um, to be fair, he was keeping helping keep a magical pig, but that's... You know, it didn't make him feel better. And he he longs for like adventure and heroism um, and and to to wield uh, blades and armor. And uh, we we get to watch him grow uh, like we get to watch him grow and uh, develop a much more mature idea of what it means to be a man. like, you know, he's when he's a kid, when he's a teenager, he thinks it means riding the horse and fighting the, the wars and being a hero. And as he grows older and has adventures um, and, and has to make difficult choices that he, he realizes much more that it's about living a good life um, and helping people in general. Um, uh, for that, I really like my favorite is the fourth book, Terran Wanderer, because that's the one where he goes off to deliberately trying to find himself, and he he tries his hand at a bunch of different jobs, occupations, and uh, and not only finds I you know uh, forget this part if you want to go and read the books for the first time yourself, but he not only finds that he is good at at a handful of tasks that uh, that he enjoys doing, but do not like feel like his calling but the one that he latches onto that feels like this this could be my life i could do this could be my calling he just he doesn't actually have the talent for it and he has to give up hmm. and it's it's an enormous like part of uh, his growth um uh, it's it's inspired heavily by uh welsh mythology um uh the the author i mean they were written in the 60s the author takes some um, swings at uh, uh early feminism in it uh i guess for early feminism for like fantasy novels um and and in that there's a character who who despite being relegated to the more female tasks uh, more stereotypically feminine tasks she would rather be swinging a sword and she gets angry when uh when people tell her no this is what you no go do that thing duh um yeah and he solves more problems in the end he solves more problems by uh being thoughtful and and a kind person uh 
So I just, I really enjoy them. I, I read them as a kid. I've reread them, you know, in the last month. Uh, the only, only one I didn't get to reread is the, the final book, The High King, that wraps it all up. Uh, mostly because my, my mom didn't want to let it go off her Newbery Award winner collection shelf. <laughs> but uh i i recommend them they are middle grade fiction so it's they're, they're not challenging but they also you know don't skip over uh valuable important things um like making the really hard decision in the face of somebody who's being terribly unreasonable or um uh one thing that i really like about the book the black cauldron um uh, not only well that there are there are two characters who display evil in a way um uh one is is a an arrogant and selfish uh prince uh who uh in the end like in the end he realizes that he's been wrong and makes the sacrifice that needs to be made at the end of the book um but that sacrifice, like they, 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 he made terrible decisions and, and basically uh, uh, blackmailed or extorted people uh, before that. And it's, so that's bad. Um, the other one is somebody who only turns bad at the end, um, who believes that they can, they can use the, the black cauldron uh, to, uh, to over, overthrow the, the evil force that is trying to oppress the land. So it's sort of, you know, use, use evil to overcome evil. Um, and before that he was a, a resolute force for good. Um, they both end up dead. And in the end, the main, uh, the, not the main character, but the, uh, I guess the main supporting character or something is says, you know, we're going to honor both of them. Uh, nobody is, is pure nothing is simple and clean cut uh this person you know was stuck in a really hard place and uh and made terrible choices but did their best and we are considering them redeemed and this person served honorably for years and if they stumbled at the end we're not going to let that be their only legacy it's just it's a level of uh complex morality that i i didn't remember actually and didn't expect from the book yeah i, I would almost imagine though do, do you think a small part of you maybe did internalize some of those lessons even if you were not able to fully understand them Oh, probably. I internalize lots of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a really great person because of these books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. You, you were saying earlier about um, like their their middle grade fiction, but like I think that maybe we don't give that enough credit. What you does know? that mean? Like. Oh, yeah, I understand. It's, it's like people grade. look down on it a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. you're reading these. They're uh, like basically kids books. Oh, I'm I more see. mature than that. And it's like, I don't think stories need to be so complicated or, you know, even necessarily cover complex themes. You know, you can, I don't know, perhaps. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. They don't have to be intricate uh, or complicated or even 
extra mature to be rewarding. I think what makes this mm. series stand apart, uh, besides, uh, uh, you know, no, even though it's, you know, aimed at children or aimed for young readers, I think it's, it respects the, the audience. Um, uh, it, it doesn't talk down to anybody. Um, and I think, I think you can see the same thing in other child oriented, uh, or young oriented entertainment oh. that adults still enjoy like, uh, Avatar, the last airbender or gravity falls. These are both things I was talking about earlier today with someone else. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Um, uh, you can see that again, like when we're talking about Sabriel, how it's like, it is aimed for younger people, but it's not like following the same tropes that people tend to hate, I would say. Or like uh, the, the the pitfalls of like YA fantasy fantasy today. It's not. Um, I guess it's it's not offloading a lot of the work and just letting. It's not. It's not doing the the easiest. No, I'm still not finding the right way to say it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, like it's not being lazy. It's not lazy storytelling. Yeah, like a lot of my problem with like YA fantasy today is just like it's boring. It's the same story over and over again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean you, you mean yeah. like it, it's not, it's like the, the chosen one who's rebelling against authority, uh, you know, in a group setting with a not terribly large, but not small cast of characters. Like, I kind of get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, it's uh, these bunch of teens with no adults around that care are doing things to get for the world. Yeah, no, there's there's an awful lot of post-apocalyptic teenagers who save the day by opposing oppressive government. I just thought of three separate ones while you were making that little blurb. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then like another problem is like it's they have really cool concepts, but they're just like 16 for no reason. Mm, I have issues. Just 16 because that's the audience that is buying books right now. Yeah, but I'm like these characters don't need to be 16. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, eh, there's no purpose. They could be like 22. <laughs> I feel like not enough books feature old characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's easier to write characters that don't have years of experience and wisdom and are maybe a little more emotional or rash. All right. Homework for the audience. Know. Find us characters that are our ages. In um, like- <laughs> we have to say our ages for that. I'm 25. I'll own Dan. it. Dan, you're next. <laughs> Why am I next? <laughs> because we're going down the list. Oh, I see. Uh, I'm 40. Next. I'm 24. I'm 37. I'm 22. Look at that. And then we all died. All right, Liam. To our one fan, <laughs> Liam. <laughs> you know, Katie, we get one fan and you start assigning him homework. <laughs> <laughs> Or find us, uh, find us, uh, fantasy books starring geriatric characters. Mainly because I have a theory that me and my friend came up with it. It's the publishers that want these characters to be younger, and it's really easy to insert. Oh, they're sixteen into a story. I I don't think you're far off. I think it's easy for an agent or a publisher to say, you know, this will be a lot easier to sell if, um. 
And mm-hmm. for for ninety nine percent of working authors, uh, their answer to that is going to be, "I want to sell the book. Yes, I'll do that." Yeah, you know, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, that, that was just a theory, man. Because uh, I've been learning more about. I've been watching one YouTube series. It's been chronicling, chronicling this person's experience on getting published and learned a oh, lot. Boy. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, so again, I read uh, the an old uh, harder to find Circle of Magic series, uh, starting with the School of Wizardry by Deborah Doyle and James McDonald, and I read uh, the Chronicles of Prydain by Lloyd Alexander, and that that latter is just just delightful. And uh, look it up. Apparently, Lloyd Alexander was a cre- one of the creators of the. Children's magazine Cricket. Never heard of it. No. No. Well. Oh, yeah. They used that. They had like um. Didn't they have like I Spy type things in there? And they had a whole bunch of stuff. It would. It would. It would have a whole bunch of. uh, It have some stories and some history and some poetry and you know various graphic uh, engagements. They had those at my dentist's office. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they do. That's where yeah. they go. I might have read it, but I don't remember. <laughs> That's all right. Um, um, That's been our mirandering, mirandering, mirandering? Mirandizing. We're all arrested. Meandering late night podcast. <laughs> That's right. All right. So I think uh, we need to, uh, what's the word? A plug. Katie, you are... Uh, on Twitter and Instagram somewhere? Yeah, don't worry about Instagram. I forgot all about <laughs> it all the time. Um, I am at ShimmyBook on Twitter. Find me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tweet fun things. Do you have any, any projects you want to talk about? Uh, the answer might be no. <laughs> She's at school. She's doing school things. Yeah, I'm doing school stuff. Okay. I'm 25, doing school stuff cool. for like the sixth time since graduating high school. Excellent. One of these days I'll get it. <laughs> One of these days you'll do school right and then you can stop. <laughs> I'll believe, I believe in you. Thank you. I need that encouragement. In mind, it's coming from the, yeah, the, from the person who hasn't figured out how to finish school yet. Uh, uh, I'm in like my 18th <laughs> year. Leave me alone. And whose fault is that? I wanted money. Wait, uh, well, Dan, uh, <laughs> anything? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Sinister Infant. You can find all my stuff at DanielLevinson.com. You can find our new show, Nostalgia Plus, where we talk about the 1994 Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> series Gargoyles at Nostalgia.plus. Nick? I literally, I love the way that he has that sentence <laughs> down pat. Yes. Uh, I, I practice sounds it like at home. Yeah, I was going to say something. I just look at my cat and I'm here. like, Hermione? How would you like to learn about the 1994 Saturday morning cartoon? <laughs> and the cat rubs her back on your face and then she poses for the Instagram control. picture and we're off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh. You want to plug your cat's po- uh, Instagram? Oh yeah. Hermione, AKA Boo Bear on Instagram. I love it. Such a cute cat. Nick. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tacky slacks. Lots of podcasting, hoping to start doing some more videos on YouTube pretty soon. So I'll keep you updated there. Uh, I am Peter Schaefer. I'm uh, uh, at Shoeless Pete on Twitter. 
You can uh, follow some of my projects at pashafer.com or shoelesspetegames.com. I have a role-playing game that I should be coming out with <sighs> any day now. Any day now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I post uh, alternate history facts for, on, on Twitter, the, the secret history of the magical world that you never knew because it's not real. Rachel? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to let Peter say my name because he gets angry if I say it. Oh, uh, do Pardon? I? Yeah. Cause the last part's German. <laughs> it's- yeah. But I, but you got to say it in a way that people will listen to. I mean, it's Argent Rabe, but yeah. in German, Rabe. Yeah. But who's going to know how to spell that? I don't know. A, I don't know. A-R-G-E-N-T-R-A-B-E. Yes. Uh, if you got if you didn't hear that, it's in the doobly doo thing. Yeah, go go to the doobly doo, <laughs> and uh, you know, hey, if you have any thoughts, send us a, an yeah, an email. Is there a place they can send that, Nick? Yeah, you know, please reach out to us at too many thoughts media at gmail dot com. Sounds good. Uh, nowhere else. Don't don't reach out anywhere else. And uh, yeah, Nick will read them and then hopefully pass them on to us. He will, because otherwise we will punish him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, in particular, Katie wants you to send photos of your bookshelves. Uh, she has some kind of weird fetish. Um, but uh, so it's only a fetish if you sexualize it. Uh, that, that is not necessarily really read up it. about fetishes. Um, we were required to send all our bookshelves in to be allowed on this cast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. It's been lovely having you here and uh, keep reading. Uh, don't forget, next month we're doing women's authors. Next year, month, time. Oh, bed sleep. It's sleepy by time, folks. See you in March. Yeah. It's so long, everybody. Bye. Bye. It's so long.